The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. But, all right, welcome guys and happy Wednesday. We are coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire, right above Two Guys Smoke Shop. And today we are going to talk about what you want to attract. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. My quirky tip is lean into the light, people. Lean into the light. Lean into the good in the world. Lean into what makes you feel good. If the light is sun, lean into it when it's sunny during the winter. There are ways that we can all find happiness and joy. It just depends on where we put our focus. So we're doing this podcast basically because January has been kind of a shit show in dogs, honestly. (laughs) If anyone is in the dog world, there has been a lot of conflict. There has been a lot of talk of pet parents and guardians and I, you know, what obedience training, obedience is a bad word. Now we need to change it to another word. Like it's getting crazy. And beyond that, there's banning of tools. And of course the different camps fighting and everything else. So we're going to focus on the positives with dog training, dogs, life, and everything else. Cause that's just how we roll or how we try to roll. I'm always positive. <laughs> and the best way to stay positive Stay off social media. <laughs> That's exactly That's right. That's the first step. Yeah, that is exactly right. No, if you are having a hard time, I don't have Facebook on my phone. It's the best choice I ever made. And Scott hasn't logged into Facebook in years. I just put the podcast on his page. And social media extends beyond Facebook, right? There's YouTube, there's Twitter, there's TikTok. Like, just take care of your own mental state. And also, as we relate to this with the dogs, I feel like so frequently people are like, I wish he did this. I don't like that he does this. And it's just nitpicking all the like micro <laughs> problems that your dog may have or present. And instead, let's think about what's good with the dog and what we want to attract for the dog in the future. Like, what do you want the end of 2023 to look like for your dog? What do you want 2024 to look like for your dog? If you have a new puppy, what do you want life with your dog to look like in a year? And it's very important they have a picture of that so you know how to take the different steps to attain it. Yeah, I would uh, even go so far as to um, get a little journal entry yeah. going where you Following And along. I say to people quite often, like, what's the perfect dog in your mind? What would you like to, what, what do you envision when you were getting this puppy? What was the dog that you were hoping to have as an adult dog? What did you want to do with this dog? And people will often say, I wanted to go hiking. I wanted it to be a service dog. You know, and they, and none of the- I wanted it to be good with my kids. None That's of the things that one. they want are that difficult to attain, but they haven't had a plan to get there. And the dog is taking a left while they're thinking about taking a right. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. No, it's true. And Scott was talking about this. We have a little baby puppy in right now. She's in the car. She's too little to be in here and be quiet for the whole half hour. Um, she's in our YouTube thumbnail. You'll see her. She's, she's small. She's like three and a half months old. And Scott was talking about when you raise a puppy, like you really want to be careful to kind of head off the problem behaviors. And that was a really interesting concept. And he actually related it to me and vet care the other day too. He's like, Hey, you know, the way that people should ideally train is also kind of how you vet. And that's kind of doing more preventative care and more, you know, diagnostic stuff rather than writing for the ball to drop. So explain a little bit about how you can create the right environment for the puppy and not have a lot of BS and a lot of bad reps and kind of get them on the path you would want, like how you set that up. Well, what I've been telling clients lately is that they, they all tend to be chasing 
they're, they're on the backside of the learning curve where the dog's already making all these problems and they're trying to f- catch up and fix, stop negative behaviors rather than being on the front of the curve and creating behaviors they want to try to minimize the amount of negative behaviors they're having in their house. So they call me when everything is falling apart typically. Yeah. And that's the only time I really get called. <laughs> I don't ever get called by someone that says, my puppy's we, great. We've had we, a few a few throughout the okay, years. Okay, maybe of... two or three in the past 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that. No. So again, getting back to having a plan for what you want your dog to look like. If you have a puppy, you know, when it's a young dog, when it's a mature dog, the behaviors you want to be engaging in. Uh, Chrissy has her dog with her in the studio here. He stays on his uh, little plush bed and he's he understands there's a criteria. When Chrissy says get on the bed, he gets on the bed. It doesn't matter if people come in. Do- if dogs come in, it doesn't matter. He understands to stay there. And because he understands that, he can be in this environment and she doesn't have to stress about, oh, my dog's here and he's starting to chew on the couch or God knows what. So... And the dogs are less stressful, too, when the criteria is black and white. So really, the main advice for how you're going to set everything up for success is don't allow a lot of problem BS early on. If you have whining in the crate, come up with a game plan to minimize the whining in the crate. If you have chasing along the fence, come up with a game plan to minimize that, even if that means taking your dog out on leash. The less you have repetitions of the bad behavior, especially as you're raising a puppy. If any of you are out there that got Christmas puppies or you have a young dog, you're planning to get a puppy, the world is your oyster right now. And it's not that you should be stressed out and that you're not going to make some mistakes, but the more you set the puppy up for success and not just watch the puppy run around and be cute and maybe potty in the house and rehearse all these behaviors that you don't want to see later, the easier it will be as the puppy heads into adulthood. So I just want to be very con- you guys to be very conscious of that because it does make the journey easier uh, long-term easily. Yeah. And, and the dog getting a lot of negative, you know, reps of doing this negative behavior is starting to create a bad habit. So when you see your dog do something like fence, you know, running a fence back and forth, chasing after maybe a neighbor's dog or something on the other side of that fence, don't wonder why he's doing it. Stop it immediately. Yes. That's Interrupt the it. first thing you need yeah. to stop. You know, you don't want that to go on for a month yeah. or six months or two years. And now the dog has bit someone through the fence, dug under the fence and to try and catch a squirrel or something like that. You can think about it in the evening, wonder why he does it, have a cigar, and just think about dog behavior, which is always a good thing to do. But you want to stop the dog from having the ability of getting a lot of reps doing behaviors that are not compatible with your le- your lifestyle, the society we live within, yeah. that kind of thing. You know? Yeah, thinking and you know, wondering and analyzing only go so far. The main thing you need to do is take action. So be very conscious of that. That's just a little sidebar about if you want to attract something with a young dog or even a new rescue or something else, know what that picture looks like and make sure you're not getting a lot of BS reps. So really, I mean, we have older dogs at this point, and when we get puppies, they normally have a purpose. So, you know, we might want to do sport with them or have them be our demo dogs for training or something else. So we're pretty clear on what we want out of the dogs that we bring into our lives and what that end picture should look like in their purpose. Pet dogs, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different. I understand that completely. But 
talk to your breeder. If you're getting a dog from a breeder, say, this is my lifestyle. I like a little more mellow kind of dog. I'm not going to be, you know, real excited. I'm not going to be running and running all the time. I don't have a real high paced life. I want a little less high energy dog. Know what you want to attract before you even talk to someone about getting a dog so they can help pair you. And then once you get that dog, really focus on where you're headed, not what isn't going well in the moment, not what the puppy used to be like and the bad problems it had. Think about where you want to head and how you can help get your dog there. That's very important to me. Yeah. And then along the lines of what do you want to attract, um, getting into your own mindset. I had a client yesterday text me a couple of pictures of her dog sitting in the kitchen wearing the uh, Baskerville muzzle. And I had given her this for homework, put the muzzle on the dog, give the dog cheese through the muzzle, get it on and off, walk the dog around, do a little obedience with the muzzle on. And this was at least a month ago, maybe five, six weeks ago. And so she emailed me and said, hey, or texted me these pictures and said, we got to go to the vet today, Thursday, (laughs) and we're going to have the muzzle and this is so great. And I said, yeah, it is great. But when you're, before you go into the vet, get your head straight, get yourself centered, sit, do a little obedience with the dog. When you go in and you got to put the dog on the scale, use the scale the same way you use the bed exercise at home, have a plan, be calm because your nervousness is going to go down the leash into that dog. The dog has reactivity issues. We want him to feel calm and and that he's taken care of and he doesn't need to be reactive. Yeah, no, completely. And getting yourself in the right headspace is so, so important in all things life. Scott and I aren't ready to do the big How to Heal podcast yet. We're still healing. But I mean, literally, I had mentioned that when I did the Compassion Fatigue podcast is why I bring that up. But as far as like what we do to help ourselves and keep ourselves our best selves, we have a lot of practices that we draw upon. I mean, weekly, we are definitely, Scott's working out a lot. We go, we do ice baths. We do infrared saunas when we can. We meditate. We do Wim Hof breathing. What else do we do that I'm not mentioning? I've been doing a lot of running lately. Yeah, it's got that and running, really working nice. out. Yeah, Feel and good. stretching. And all of these things really help us be our best selves so we can help, you know, the dogs in the best way possible and our clients the best way possible. And if you're having some conflict with a dog in any way, shape, or form, I don't care where you're seeing it, get yourself in a better headspace. I'm not saying go get in the <clears> ice. <throat> I'm not saying do something extreme that you don't want to do. But figure out ways that you can really center yourself. Just like Scott was saying about this client, like make sure you're in the right headspace in addition to the dog wearing the muzzle so everything can go as smoothly as possible. Because we've talked about it a million times in the podcast, energy transfers right down that leash. And the more you can be your best self, the more that is going to be projected onto your dog. 100%. You know, one thing that really helps with dogs, and, and I, I, I was thinking about this, but it reminded me instantly, uh, what I was going to say is slow down with your dog, which then reminded me of a Bart Bellin seminar <laughs> I went to with Jess about 10 years ago. And his wife was healing towards a tracking, the beginning of a tracking exercise. And she was walking so slow, so methodically. Mm-hmm. And this was the dog's cue that tracking is coming up. Let's get so our head So when they clear. got that dog out and they were, they, the next exercise was tracking, it was painfully slow <laughs> just watching this woman walk with her dog. But the dog's head was like in tracking mode. And when you're doing things with your dog, slow down. Because that immediately um, gets attention from the dog. Because when you just go, and most people do this, they're just, you know, I tell them, okay, do some healing. Like, okay, bup, 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 and they're just going. And now the dog isn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. The dog is just, because it's always the same. The people are high energy or they're a mile and a half ahead of where they are, you know, where they should be in their head. 
but just by walking slow. I tell people, walk like you're disabled. Walk like a handicapped person. And I don't say that with sarcasm. It's true. I've seen so many dogs not pull a disabled person. And without training, the, the dog is just looking up like, hey, What's you okay? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. They're not just going to be darting and pulling when there's someone there with a walker trying to get down the street. They, they don't do that. They pick up on that. So I'm not saying to go everywhere at a third your normal pace. But the best way to create some engagement and get your head, get your dog's head in the, on the same page with you is slow it down, tell the dog to sit, make sure the dog isn't anticipating. And that's another thing I tell people, you know, say your dog's name and heel and don't move. And nine times out of 10, the dog launches forward mm-hmm. because that's what they do. Every time they say heel, they go. So you need to get, make sure the dog is actually not anticipating everything, that they're just settled in. You say dog heel. They look at you, and you step off, and, and you do it together. It's not just powering down the road, trying to walk as fast as the dog, so it looks like you're both walking down the street together, you know? Yeah, completely. All right, let's go to break super quick, and when we get back, I want to talk more about slowing down. I like that concept. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast, like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. Okay, along the lines of what do you want to attract and slowing down and everything else, you know, every year I make a list of things that I would like to do, you know, monthly or for the year or whatever else. So one of those things was fasting monthly. Scott and I just got done with a three-day fast, not trying to toot our own horns, but we do that for health. And I had eggs this morning, happy to be back among the living. Great job with three days, babe. <laughs> yeah, you did eat dinner last I night, if we're being night. honest. I did three days. <laughs> he she did, did three and a half days. Yeah, I'd he say. made himself, he's made himself dinner, but thanks, babe. So that was one thing. Another thing I want to reintegrate is monthly meditation. And last week we were not in studio um, live. We ran a recorded episode. We had nori- the snowstorms in Maine like you've never seen before. There was a lot going on. We had, we had power, no power outages. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a lot. So we ran a recorded episode, so I couldn't get, and I could announce this, but we used to do Monday meditation for canine healing, and it was live, and it was 7 p.m., and we did that for weeks. You can go back through videos and see that. Our meditation room does not pick up the best service for one. So it's always a little stressful for us when we go live. Also, our lives, it's hard for us to commit. The Wi-Fi doesn't reach that room. Yeah, the Wi-Fi is just, yeah, we have an old farmhouse. So A lot of magic happens in that room, (laughs) but we'll never be able to catch it live. No, yeah, well, we we did. We did a few of them. But what we're going to do is we're going to do a monthly meditation, and I'm going to start this in February, and it's going to be recorded. Of course, we'll have dogs because, you know, that's part of our thing, especially if you're a dog owner, meditate with dogs. So I'll be posting probably like a five-minute meditation first. Maybe we'll kick it up to 10 minutes at the end of the year. And I might even put some background music in it. But really, and it depends. If you guys have feedback on music or not, let me know. You can email me at the studio at the Quirky Dog. But it was interesting. This morning, I have this app called Flow. And for February 1st, the tip was live mindfully. And it says, silence, a day full of noises. Our senses sometimes work overtime to keep up with everything they perceive. Although luckily, this is mostly subconscious. We still need peace and quiet now and then. Too much stimulation distracts you from your own intuition. And that was written by George Parker, who's a Dutch author, speaker, coach, and stand-up illusionist. Do you know what a stand-up illusionist is? Yeah. What do they do? A magician. Oh, okay. He's, he's a magician. George George sounds cool. I'm going to meet George. Give me 50 bucks. Oh, he puts stop it in his pocket. It. He walks away. This what the hell happened? This is not what we're attracting. <laughs> okay. So anyway, along those lines... 
Quiet time for us is a big deal. We have fires outside. We are like silent by the fire pit. We're just hanging out. Maybe I'm doing a word search. That would be the most stimulation. Can when I we're in the cold, we're quiet. Go I ahead. would say Jess would prefer that I'm more silent. <laughs> Scotty's a little I bit actually. of a chatty Scotty sometimes. <laughs> he just likes to talk. He, he, his brain gets going. Meditation is hugely important for us. It's very uncomfortable if you've never meditated or even just closed your eyes for a minute with your cell phone on airplane mode. It can feel very uncomfortable at first. So we want to bring this back just to promote, one, having some downtime and some mindfulness with your dogs, but also you may find some peace through it. Scott started meditating, what, when you were 17? Well, probably around 20. Yeah, he was going to ashrams. He's, he's done it all. But Isn't literally, it? there is a lot of benefit towards just taking some time, having the silence, like my magician George says, and just kind of tuning in. And if you can tune into your breathing, even better. Yeah, and when I go for my jogs, you know, it's interesting because it, it ties into the slowing down also. So for me, going to the gym and going out Oops. and running, I really have to practice restraint. Because if I do what I think I can do, I'm, I will hurt myself. I have hurt myself working out so many times, which then prevents me from working out. So I'm a go, 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 and then I herniate a disc in my back. Or I run, 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 and now I've torn a, a hamstring, and now I can't run, or an Achilles tendon, and I can't do anything for six months. So for me, I'm out there, and I'm intentionally looking at my pace and trying to keep a slower pace than I'm comfortable doing and since I've been doing that, I've been running now, I think we said six months Yeah, or he does. he does six months and, and he I does can six out, miles most yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, I can go out and I can actually run. And if I do have like a, you know, I started getting a calf cramp a few, about a month back and I got some calf sleeves and it was, and I babied it and I backed off a few days and it never became a big problem. I just took a little, took a little, backed off a little bit and now I'm back without the calf and issues. that's the same translation to the dogs. If you guys have a high drive dog or a dog with a lot of energy or something else, and they're just go, 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 pulling them back and slowing them down is good for them. It is good for their headspace. It is good for their physical bodies. It is good for a lot of things. And the dogs we live with, we're just used to this. Like we do something stupid, like our dogs can slip. Like they, they're going to do, if we ask them to jump over the fence on the deck, they're going to fly over the fence. Like our dogs are going to be push, 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 push. So if you have a dog like that, make sure that you're doing exactly what Scott was talking about with the running. They want to go, they want to go, they want to go. But maybe if they're more methodical, they'll just feel better in their heads and in their hearts and in their minds. So yeah. think of these small tips. And I would not confuse that go-go attitude with a need for them to get yes. a lot of exercise. I have so many people that, oh, my dog needs to run. That's why I keep letting him off leash because he needs to run. But the dog doesn't have a recall. Yeah. So first of all, your dog doesn't need to run. And I don't know how to you know, be emphatic about that other than to say, I own a Malinois. We have a house full of border collies. They are very high energy. They can run their asses off all day long, but they don't. They do, they do go out and I, you know, I'll throw a ball for them to burn off a little bit of energy, but it's a controlled exercise. Yeah. It's not them just running, chasing squirrels and chasing animals through the woods. And there are many days that our dogs don't get Sometimes, as much as pet dogs. They're yeah. not having some big run and they're not now barking all night or behaviorally acting out or anything else. So sometimes when you're thinking about like, oh my God, my dog is so noisy. Oh my God, my dog is so overexcited. Oh my God, my dog is so hyper. Whatever word you want to attach to it. If you want to attract more calm or more peace or more stillness or more quiet, whatever that is, you need to then kind of 
pull the dog back. Get them to slow down a little bit. Maybe the meditations would be a good thing to tune in to. Just check them out. They'll be posted. They'll be recorded. It's an easy go, but spending five minutes quiet with your dog, with your dog at your feet, or maybe if it's a really small dog, the dog will be in your lap. I'll probably meditate with the little puppy that we have in the thumbnail just in my lap when we do our first recorded one for February. But really consider these things, you guys, because you can have everything you want out of your dog. I mean, granted, if it's a low drive dog and it was a rescue that has had a lot of issues, it's probably not going to become a service dog. Let's just put that out there. But you really can make most dogs, the companion that you want to have in your household, you just need to know what you want that end picture to look like. And then you also need the direction to get there. And if you've been getting direction from a certain person or a certain training facility or a certain online forum, and it's not improving, look around. There are so many different places to find information about dog training on our podcast, on other dog podcasts, and on the internet. It's not even funny. So look elsewhere if what you're doing right now is not working for you. Yeah, and I would counter what you said a little bit. You may not be able to get exactly what you want out of your dog. You may have had, you know, you wanted a certain dog and then you got a rescue and it's not like what you were hoping to get. That doesn't mean that you can't get a lot more than you already have. Just because, you know, you may have a dog that doesn't get along well with other dogs. That doesn't mean that you can't teach this dog to walk down the street past other dogs or... There's just so much you can do with your dog, but people tend to focus on that one thing they can't get. And yeah. I understand that. That's, a, that's for me, it's an ego thing. But if you're, let's say your dog can't go to the dog park and all your friend's dogs go to the dog park, that's fine. There's so many other things you can be doing with that dog yeah. that are fun, productive, that build a bond. Yeah. You know, so don't just focus on what you can't do. Focus on creating more things that you can do with your dog. Yes. Open up the possibilities for you and your dog and the future and everything else. And with Scott saying that, you know, people are sometimes the problem dogs, and we've said this before, sometimes the thing you wanted that you didn't get is like the universe or life interrupting you. Yeah. Like that's exactly what you needed in that time. Like your growth is because that that happened and that sometimes synergistically happens. So just be very thoughtful of these things. I just did Tony Robbins, um, unshakable live challenge last week. It was a virtual event. It was free. And, you know, Scott's seen Tony in person with unleash the power within. He's done a bunch of different seminars with him. I did the firewalk. <laughs> he did the firewalk. He's all about the firewalk. Actually, he's doing uh, wood block chopping now. If you do the virtual stuff for unleash the power within, it's awesome. But he mentioned in this that, and Scott was telling me about this quote a little bit ago, but <clears throat> good times create weak people, weak people create bad times. Bad times create strong people. So the state of the world, people would probably say that we're kind of in bad times in different ways and everything else, which is why we're trying to be positive. So we're getting, we're getting stronger. The people should be getting stronger. And then the, the end of that is strong people create great times. So you can head into great times, but we really need to lean into our strength. We really need to stand up for who we want to be, who we want to show up on and who, who we want to show up as, especially if you're in the dog world. And even if you're in the online community dog world, who do you want to show up as? Who do you want to represent yourself as? And he did this poll. There were 1.4 million people on this thing. It was a five-day event, two hours a day. He did this poll and he said, do you think people would rather be happy or outraged? And like the entire comment section was just outrage, 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 outrage. And Tony was like, well, when people feel outraged, they feel important, they get fired up, they have more energy and everything else. And we're seeing a lot of outrage right now in the dog world. And I'm not saying that there should just be peace and like, let's all kumbaya and just always love everything. Like I get fired up about some dog stuff also. However, 
We're getting unnecessarily outraged way too frequently, I would say. So let's really focus on who you want to be as a person, how we can best serve these dogs. This is not why we're all here. We are all here to learn how to help dogs be better family members, better patients at the vet, better companions, better for our society. So be very conscious of how you're showing up. And if you're constantly outraged, maybe try to be happy. Because being happy is kind of fun, I've decided. I love it. Yeah, this is... I'm happy all the time. <laughs> to be frank... Just thinks I'm crazy. Oh, he is, but that's okay. <laughs> but literally, I mean, you guys, frankly, and we don't have to get deep into this now. Like I said, at some point, we will do a How to Heal podcast. But like the past two Januaries, the entire time we've been podcasting has been some of the most tumultuous times in our lives, in our marriage, us as individuals. Like we have gone through a lot and we go through that sometimes live with you on the podcast. Shit happens the morning we come and everything else. However, leaning into the adversity really does make you come out on the other side. So frequently we have shiny object syndrome in life. Like, oh, it's just better if I focus here. Oh, I'll just watch this movie. Oh, I'll just forget about that. Sometimes we need to lean into the discomfort. And it's the same thing as with our animals. Like we're talking about, if you don't like that your dog does this, lean into that problem. Figure out how to fix that problem. It may be a little bit hairy for a bit, but get the help you need to make it better because I promise you, feeling better is a lot better than feeling like shit. I'll give you, just, just in case anyone was curious. Well, you'll sleep better, that's for sure. <laughs> a lot of things get better. So just be very conscious of, and your wording, you guys, what you're saying, how you're expressing it. How are you describing your dog? How are you describing your life? How are you describing your day? How are you describing last year? You know, there's a lot of ways that you can focus, and let's try to focus on the good. Maybe we're in bad times, but these bad times are going to make the weak people stronger people. We're bringing them up, and then we're going to head into great times. So please make sure your focus is correct with the dog and not just nitpicking the dog and freaking like, you know, oh, 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 he makes me so mad, you know. Be careful of those things. Yeah, and I would say um, be conscious of the self-talk. And Jess is like my conscience. (laughs) She is always on me about if I say I'm a lazy person, which I will admit, I tend to tell people that I'm a lazy person. And yet my actions are not in sync with that statement. I'm not a lazy person. I do a lot of stuff. Well, you're less lazy now. We'll give you that. (laughs) So, but if you're telling yourself you're, you know, and with my example, it's laziness. But what made me think about this was I go to people's homes all the time and they may have an e-collar. And they'll say, I know it's bad. And they're like making all these excuses and everything for their tools, whatever they, tool they that have. they purchased. Because maybe the vet said, oh, you shouldn't do that. Or someone else said, oh, don't ever do that. Don't get caught up in what other people are saying. Whatever tools you're using, learn how to use those tools as professionally as possible, you know, as ethically as possible. And with the goal of getting some behavior that your dog can get a lot of freedom and have a lot of fun and have a full happy life. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the tools are. Learn how to use them and don't get caught up in what other people think about you and whatever that, whether it's a head halter and someone says, oh, that's going to snap the dog's neck. Everyone's got an opinion. Nobody can. Yeah. And this is what I found out <laughs> when I first got into dogs. Everyone's got an opinion. But when I say, here, take the leash, no one would take my dog's <laughs> leash. Like, oh man, that's your dog, man. You got to figure it out. I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. People are jumping on my case and they're giving me bullshit uh, <laughs> advice. And no, and it was when I did find someone that took the leash. That's when I really started learning about dog training. I met a yeah. guy that 
fix issues with my dog in Omar. five minutes. It was yeah. Omar. Omar He's Von been Wheeler. on the podcast. He's been on the podcast. He does movie dog training. The guy instantly created a relationship with my dog. The dog loved him. They were working. They were doing all kinds of stuff that I couldn't do. And it, it didn't make me feel bad. It gave me a lot of hope. I'm like, wow, if he can do it, I can do it. You yeah. Know? And with what Scott said about that, if you have a situation like that where somebody shits on you for a tool or anything else, a head halter is a great example. I've had that exact situation happen. That's probably why Scott brought it up. Dogs in a head halter. Oh my God, they're going to break their neck. Rather than get fired up and defend it or feel embarrassed or anything else, literally, it depends on what kind of person you are. But like these days, I would just probably say, well, you know, maybe you have a good chiropractor to, re- chiropractor to recommend. Like, don't internalize it. Like, don't let that little baby comment ruin your day. And in the same vein of your self-talk matters, it does. What you say in your head, what you say out loud matters. And so frequently, I feel like our clients and maybe potential clients or former clients or people that we saw that didn't become clients, they'll say like, I'm just not good with dogs or I'm just not a dog person. And, or he's just not a dog person. They'll like put that onto their spouse or she's not a dog person, whatever else. That is fine. Maybe that's what you think, but you own a dog now. So you need to become a dog person and stop saying you're not a dog person if you own a dog and it's going to be in your life forever. Figure out how to be the dog person that you want to be. Of course, everyone doesn't want to be dog people like us. We're crazy. But we want you guys to be able to exist with the dog you have as happily as humanly possible. And it is very easy. We had Penny Scott Fox on last week, and she was talking about, you know, matchmaking and making sure the dogs and the owners are paired up together. And Scott and I made the joke, and it's probably true. If Penny went to most of the in-homes Scott went to, she'd probably say, this is the wrong dog for you. And that's, that's what we get. Like, we, we have to be like, kind of like, this isn't the right pairing, but we're going to help you through it. So whatever your situation is, Please make sure that you know what you want. If you don't know what you want and you only know what you don't want, you're just focusing on the negative. So be very mindful and thoughtful of that. Yeah. And then getting back to the tools, I, you know, when someone says, oh, you shouldn't be using this or I'm not comfortable with that. What I tell people is they're not for everybody. That's just, that's the end of the, the that's yeah. all I say. They're not for everybody. Whether it's a head halty, if, if these things were illegal, they, they wouldn't be sold in the stores. Yeah. They had millions of, you know, different people using all kinds of products. And there's a lot of people that would never use a pinch collar. A lot of people would never use a head halty. That's fine. But there's a lot of people that do, that have success with them, that are comfortable with using these And just these tools. respect them. If there, are, if there are dogs on the street that are working well with their owners, don't go jump in to give a piece of advice. Please respect what you see, especially if it's functional. Functionality is important in America right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I'm glad Scott brought up the tool thing. Do you have anything else to say about attraction or anything? Well, the one thing I would say just about the tools is that um, people that are using tools are making an effort to improve their dog's behavior. That's why they have tools on the dog, because they know that without these tools, and maybe those tools aren't working either, but they're trying. They're trying different things to get established some control so they can go out and enjoy their dog in public. Yeah, and let's start rewarding effort from dogs, from humans, from everything else. And ending with the topic of the tools, we did extremism and dog training two weeks ago. I mentioned a survey. The survey is in the works. I'm still on it, but I'm compiling the different tools and everything else. So that'll be out either this week or next week. But I want to touch on that because I said that. And I really do want to have a kind of a baseline of how we're feeling about tools and extremes and dog training, force-free, aversive training, everything else in America and maybe even in the world. I think it would help us. Okay, you guys, think of what you want rather than what you hate. Be happy. Don't be outraged. And... Keep it quirky. Quirky. (laughs) Bye. See you next week.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.